So, the, like the um, reflecting on vipaka kamma, this, uh, this is I found very useful. Like, like at this moment, uh, here and now, for each of this is the vipaka kamma we're experiencing. So, you know, physically, the way you're feeling, uh, mentally, whatever it is, it's what they call resultant karma and uh, karma vipak in Thai and so that this is because there's always the this pachubana uh, dhamma the the reality of here and now and uh, and then we you know we're conditioned to to not really give the present moment that much attention unless there's something, you know, like your life is in danger or there's something forcing you to pay attention in the present. But so much of our life is lived in uh, uh, planning for the future or looking forward to something or or <coughs> remembering the past. And then the present moment is uh, can be ignored or dismissed or not consciously ad- admitted into thought, even though it, that's where life takes place, is always in the present. And so this uh, timelessness, uh, um, akalika dhamma, is uh, important to to contemplate, you know, in the and that all there is is, is the here and now. The, there's no future and there's no past, but so then you reflect right now. Uh, you know this is the body's like this. So the sitting posture, uh, the breathing, and this is the result of birth. You know, in the past, and then the and then the feeling, particular. You know, whether you're comfortable or painful, feel sick or healthy or Relaxed or tense or whatever is vipaka kama that you 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 can recognize, paying attention to posture, like the four postures, sitting, standing, walking, lying down. That covers the movement of the body through the day and night. Your body is either in the you know in one pot moving you know in the posture and then moving from one to the other. Uh, uh, for a lifetime, and then the breathing, and the like, uh, posture, the four postures, iriyabod, C and the and the breathing, anapanasati, <coughs> are you know usually not fraught with a lot of personal identities. You know they they're quite you know it's physical and physiological, so it's it's not you know we don't create it a sense of our self-worth around usually around sitting standing walking or lying down or breathing so that's why like in basic meditation when you start teaching somebody meditation you start with the, with the most obvious you know like the the posture and the breath and just to give something that doesn't arouse a lot of uh, emotion or personal identity or that because it's is fairly, you know, much the same for all of us. Sitting is just sitting. We can form an ego around the 
that I see it better than you do. And I, <laughs> but that's not the point, you know, not to have an idea of perfect posture and try to be the best sitter, but to just, even if you're not very good or, or sitting on a chair or whatever, <coughs> it's, it's not to, you know, create an ego sense of what, what is right and you're not as good as somebody else or you're better than somebody else, but just to pay attention to the actual reality and the experience of sitting is like this, standing, walking and lying down, breathing. And then the, the um, Lumpa Cha would always, uh, his, what I found valuable with, in my early life with him was his emphasis on Chittanu Pasana. Uh, and so this like the third uh, uh, foundation of mindfulness. Uh, because it was, you know, in, in the state I was in when I arrived at Wattapong, unable to to really speak the language or anything. I could, uh, you know, I got the point, I got the message quite early, you know, the value of looking at the state of mind. And uh, and so that's what I, I developed a lot of Jitanupasana uh, practice. In which just you know with this puto um, mantra, and then you you take the like the the dhamma santit kaukaliko ehi pasko upanaiko budgetan waitida poinuhi. So long for charity, always you'd hear you know you'd be chanting this morning evening pujas and, and then you. You'd, uh, you know, you, you kind of then it translated it into English. Or when I learned Thai, then I, I learned, you know, I could pick up the things in uh, first my the way I learned Theravada Buddhism was a kind of mixture of Pali, Thai, and English. Three languages all mixed together. So, uh, but uh, Akalika Dhamma, I spent a lot of time just contemplating that, like right now, at this very moment, this is the sitting and the breathing, and what is the future at this moment, you know, then I question myself, what, at this moment, tomorrow, tomorrow's Christmas, of course, and what, but then, you know, in the reality of this moment, it's, uh, it's, you don't know, you know, it is, you know, you have this it hasn't happened yet. You can't remember tomorrow, uh, and but you have maybe expect something. It should you know it should be like this, or you dread maybe oh the a lot of people or whatever your you know your tendency is to in, in just that perception of tomorrow or next year or whatever is is, is to be seen as as my now or uncertain or the unknown not knowing because it hasn't happened but what we do is we hope for the best or you know we maybe dread the worst things happening or or expect or or uh, fear anxiety worry arise around possibilities of success failure happiness and suffering in the future 
And that, but that's seen always in the present. You know, the future, the reality of the future right now is it's a perception. It is what it is, and and the feeling. But it, you don't, you can't remember it, so it's not like a memory. But it, it you do feel this tendency to hope everything will be all right, or expect, or dread, or or you're planning, or wanting something in the future or hoping to, you know, get something or go somewhere, it's like this and then, but that's in the present, here and now and you kind of and then you have the same with the past what is the past right now if there's only the present there's only here and now then what is the, the past at this very moment when we're sitting here and then you know memory you you have memories of yesterday or going been about this morning that's a path that's a perception a memory that you did something uh, you went on uh, to some place went to Mumbai on Bindabhat what is that right now it's a memory and a memory of course is Anicca Dukkanata hope expectation fear and dread and and worry and Anxiety are all conditions that arise in the present, the vipaka kamma. So more and more, you, you, you know, you recognize that it's in the present moment that there's liberation and freedom. And you know, to keep thinking that you're you're going to practice now to attain something in the future. What is that? You know, what is what is that in the present? It's the Hope, maybe. You know, I I hope if I practice really hard, now I will attain uh, insight in the future. The reality of that very thought or perception is is uh, in the present, and so you you begin to notice it. It is it is what it is, and, and that which is aware of it is uh, then this puto, this this knowing, this mindful knowing of Dhamma, of the way it is, of the Pachubana Dhamma, rather than, you know, operating always from the assumption that the future is where you're, you're going to be liberated or you're going to attain something. Or maybe you're a real pessimist. Maybe you think, oh, I'll probably never get anywhere. <laughs> Because one's the Parker Kama Berry. But it's always about the me, in, you know, trying to hope or dread or something about possibilities, probabilities in the future. Or in the past, we, can, we feel maybe guilt or regret or that about things we've said or done in the past. Or we have resentments. You know, how many of you carry resentments uh, from being treated unfairly or persecuted or misunderstood or misrepresented in the past? And so, or, or how many of you feel a lot of guilt about foolish things you've done or said in the past? And so then you're beginning to observe, like, memories. That's memory, isn't it? I did this dreadful thing in the past. That's a memory in the present. 
So then you have this butto tamo relationship of awareness with knowing reality, awakened consciousness of knowing, recognizing reality or dhamma in the present. So I like to use the English word reality for for dhamma. For you know, translate dhamma into reality. So say awaken to the real rather than and so it's a matter of paying attention of mindfulness in the present rather than operating from the basic delusion of I've got to practice in order to become in the future and so like in the, the Paticca Samuppada the dependent origination you know, if you really study that, contemplate that, you know, you've got the sequence of each abhajya sankara, sankara bhajya vinyana. So then you avicha is is the first line, you know, which means not understanding, not having any insight into reality, into Dhamma. <clears throat> so if you take that whole sequence, it's always avicha is the cause of suffering. You know, so you've got if, if they always operate from the present moment, even with practice and and meditation, all the good things, always from the sakyaditi level, that's a vicha. And so the result is going to always be dukkha, some form of doubt or despair or uh, disappointment in in yourself or in teachers or in traditions or practice. So then the the uh, the thing is to not not operate from a vicha. You know, so uh, you know, determine not to not to try to create more a vicha for for you. You know, like <clears throat> rather than you know, trying to feed your ego or you know, by telling you what I think of you or what you are, where you're at. Uh, like Lung was always pointing, getting me to look at myself rather than telling, you know, trying to, uh, you know, tell me my attainments or lack of them or abilities or lack of ability. So, this is, uh, you know, you so you, you feel this you know, because I would project onto Lumpur Cha, kind of, he's a high, he's a wise meditation master, enlightened teacher. He knows what I need, and and so you know, because that's how I felt when I arrived at Wadapong. I felt I was ignorant, unenlightened person who came to study, practice with an enlightened master, and so. That was how I started. That kind of initial. Uh, that was the beginning, in any way. In any way, the, so then my relationship with Lung Kuan Cha was one. At first, was you know, you you're the wise teacher, and I'm the ignorant student. But Lung Kuan Cha never would promote that relationship, and so uh, I was quite willing to. You know. I, really felt uh, my Vipaka Kama was one I wanted 
I didn't trust myself, I tended to to think of myself as inadequate and I wanted to give myself to, you know, to somebody wise who would tell me what to do. And so, you know, this was, this is how I related to Lumpur Chat first. And, and then through this Jitanupasana practice, he could get me to see what I was doing. It was very frustrating at first because I fully believed my scenario. You know, and everybody said, you know, Lumpur Chah's an enlightened master and you have to learn from him. So, and that's the, the mindset, the, the paradigm that, that it comes naturally to, to my conditioning. You know, the way I'm conditioned to see myself and, and then project on somebody else like Ajahn Chah, he's kind of, uh, that you're the, the wise one and I'm the stupid one. So then the Rinpoche was, I think, incredibly skillful in getting me to see what I was doing. <laughs> it took me a while, but eventually got the point. Because uh, he, he wouldn't uh, go along with that scenario. And... Uh, so I found that, you know, quite, you know, it, it made me stand on my own two feet, like I had to really look at myself rather than, than worship this wise master. You know, so he wasn't going to let me just sit around and worship him, you know. He would he'd either make fun of me or make a joke or say something, but, you know, you began to, you know, get the point of, of, uh, because I never felt, you know, even when he'd make fun of me, I never felt it was coming from malice or cruelty, it was just, you know, a kind of compassionate way of getting me to see the absurdity of my own delusions. So, uh, then in, uh, So I found those early years, even before I could understand uh, Thai that well, or uh, Isan dialect, that I did, you know, I could learn through this kind of awareness. And then these reflections we do in morning and evening puja, uh, you know, on, on Buddha Dhamma Sangha, there, you know, they, they can be just perfunctory chants that you, you're doing and thinking of, and thinking about something else. <laughs> Or about present, apparent here and now, like Santiti Kodama. It's not about the future, is it? It's not about tomorrow, apparent. It's here and now. And then Akali Kodama is timeless. Ehi Pratiko, you know, then you've got, is it actually, you know, we translated it, not in a nice, not a very good way, encouraging investigation. It's more me, like, Wake up and see, you know, come and see. It's more like an invitation or even an imperative. Ehi, isn't it? Ehi bhikkhu, ehi is more like come and see for yourself. And then uh, opanaiko, uh, leading inward, or it leads on to, to uh, you know, a sustained awareness and, and understanding. It isn't conditioned through you know, it isn't dependent on conditions, uh, special conditions. 
and then Bhajit Tang Wei teed up when we knew he. So, you know, listening to Lung uh even though, you know, I couldn't, you know, I was beginning to pick up the language and and you'd hear these words being used constantly like, like it was been budget time. So he'd think budget time way teed up before we knew he that we say to be experienced individually by the wise, but it's really you know, you know for yourself. It's not it's not second hand information, it's not acquired knowledge from the scriptures or someone else. It, you have to know this, you know, like to taste honey, you have to taste it yourself <laughs> to know what it really what its flavor is. And so, uh, this is, these are the, you know, when we chop the uh, Buddha Dhamma Sangha. Well then, the, then the, the, the awakened, the Bhutang, the, the, the Buddha awakened attention. What is that? Here and now. Is it kind of like some abstract Buddha force out in the universe? Or is it, you know... You know what is there a, a, a Buddha nature that we conceive of that somehow you've got to get or you don't have or what is it? It's, and so, like Bhutto or this uh, the knowing, and and then like consciousness is uh, you know consider the reality of our situation having a, a separate form. For example, your own body a conscious form in a sensory world. So, you you know, you're beginning to see you're, we're kind of incarcerated. Consciousness operates through these these limited forms. Uh, so we, you know, we the form itself is very limited, but consciousness isn't limited. But we have to experience, we experience consciousness through the form of, we have this limitation of experiencing it through this position of sitting, standing, walking, lying down. Well, you know, and the way you are, your karma, your vipaka karma, the, your own, uh, you know, karmic in, uh, heritage is like this. But consciousness is not created out of ignorance. But if you notice in Paticca Samupada, it if you're ignorant, if you start from ignorance, then avicca bhajaya sankara. So that means that ignorance will create this illusion through all, you know, through the conditioned realm, which affects consciousness. So, you know, you've got avicca bhajaya sankara, sankara bhajaya vinyana, and then nama rupa, salyatana, pasa vedana, and then... Uh, Dana Upatana, Jati Jaramaranang Sokaparite. So it goes always from this general point of Avicca to, and the result of Avicca is always Sokaparitewa, or grief, sorrow, despair, and anguish. So the thing is to see that it's not, to start from Avicca is, is, uh, you know, gets you nowhere. You just end up with dukkha. So, how do you start with vicha, or you know, because then the neuroda side of patita samupada is significant. Because 
if there's mindfulness, then the whole process collapses, ceases, naroda. So this mindfulness then is the is the very essence of it. This is you know the escape hatch or the 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 way to liberation is is this simplicity. It's ultimately simple because it's not a compounded, refined condition. It's 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 ability that we have as human individuals to pay attention to Dhamma in the present. You know, out of pure, out of knowing, not through personal attainment or identities of any sort. So it's uh, that's why uh, over the years, you know, I found this this refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, rather than just being perfunctory chants and Theravada ceremonial practices, it really, you know, you feel it. You know, every time. I give the precepts to, to lay people like Bhutan Sarnangachami. You know, this is something I'm giving of great significance. It's not just performing, a, you know, what you're supposed to do when people ask for the five precepts. <laughs> but you're actually, you know, uh, this is a powerful gift of, and a reminder, you know, refuge in awareness, seeing, direct seeing, direct knowing that isn't cluttered with ignorance and and all the complications that come out of avicca. So, so in the uh, and then dhamma is here and now, parent here and now, timeless. Uh, it's not some kind of precious esoteric experience. It's just not because out of avicca we don't we aren't aware of reality. We're always operating from illusions, delusions that we cling to and identify with. And so, you know, and this is why the society is the way it is. Because it's, you know, all our countries operate out of a vicha. (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, not not one enlightened nation. And (laughs) it's uh, so this is why the world is the way it is uh, and so this is then you see that there's you know there's good karma bad karma and so forth so that you you know on a worldly level you always encourage do good and refrain from doing bad sila uh, you know encouraging skillful action and and generosity. So you've got Donna and Sila as a kind of general teaching in Buddhism. You know, whether it's Bhavana then comes after that. But, you know, what you teach just little kids, little children in Thailand, isn't it? Donna, Sila is just kind of part of a cultural package. But it, what it does is it really you know, even on a worldly level, it, it's uh, skillful to be generous, not to be just self-centered and obsessed with your own, you know, not being able to share anything and just be, uh, you know, obsessed with yourself and your possession. To be able to share is to be encouraged in every way. And then sila is, is where you begin to 
because uh, you know, lay people have to request. They, we can't go around saying you have to take the five precepts and compel them to take it. So you have these formulas like they ask for the precepts. What's significant is that even though it can be mere ceremonial, perfunctory ceremonies, it does have a point that we're not here to force people to keep more, to be moral and keep precepts, but to encourage and then people do begin to see that Katsila has to come from not through fear of, of uh, you know being punished but through recognizing the, the value of skillful actions and the, the results of being you know of respecting others and other people's property and being responsible for how we live in the, in the society even if we're not inter- interested in meditation and then bhavana is, is uh, where, like, we're interested in bhavana in trying to break through the realm of delusion, rather than just find happiness and security in the on the in the world. So, so in this way, you know, the Buddhist spectrum is quite wonderful because it operates not through, you know, compelling or intimidating or or scaring people, but through encouraging or generosity, right, skillful actions, and then and then the bhavana into really penetrating into reality, beginning to awaken yourself through through getting beyond just the cultural conditioning, the the ego, or the social conditioning, and the and the thinking process. And so the the um, and these these I found that like these morning evening chants over years, you know suddenly they they begin to you know they're everything's contained in that really everything you need to know and uh, and so it you know the it, so it, it just even memorizing rote memorization is very beneficial because it kind of sinks in your memory even though it may not mean very much to you but over the years it suddenly you begin to really you know you have these sudden insights oh this is what it really means you know what budget tongue may teeth up or you know oh this is it you know <laughs> it's like you know ah as an insight uh, you know even though you've been chatting that maybe for years and you kind of know that definition of it, but to read that inside, it's kind of this, ah, this is it, you know, on a gut level, rather than just uh, uh, from the defined level, according to scriptures or dictionaries. So there's, like, rather than starting from Avicha, you know, this is a matter of learning to trust yourself more, not not your personality or ego, but you know, like we, like I was saying when I first stayed with Ajahn Chah, this this thing, you're the great teacher and I'm the ignorant student. So so then this was how you know the Avicha that I started with the the Sakya Ditti, and. Uh, 
and then Ajahn Chah kept making me look at that he wasn't saying it was wrong you know that I shouldn't think that but it, you know he didn't say I'm not your teacher you, you've got to just take responsibility for it so he wasn't kind of browbeating me into trying to tell me that I you know I'm wrong but there was this 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 lifestyle itself this monastic lifestyle is a is a skillful means of, of beginning to see through a lot of basic delusions we have about ourselves and the and the world and the people we live with. So then, uh, this is this is a wisdom teaching. <clears throat> so it's you know it is wisdom is not uh, you know something that. It's very easily found in the world of this time. <laughs> is you know like the uh, idealism, say, of the of the United States, very idealistic attitudes, you know, about democracy and and uh, you know the ideal form of government is democracy and human rights and gender equality and fairness and justice and progress and <clears throat> these are you know like the American values that, that I was raised with so it's and notice what are these these are you know these are high minded ideas but it's not Dhamma it's not the way it is you know so when we notice when you operate from ideals where, where does it take you when you're always trying to become or hold on, grasp an ideal of how things should be or how you should be or how what Nanatha should be or Ajahn Kavali should be or, <laughs> or me whatever is uh, you know, or we really you know, can be very tyrannical towards ourselves how, you know, I can't I can create ideals of perfection but I can't personally live up to them <clears throat> So on that ego level, you, you know, you you you're constantly going to uh, find suffering as a result. You'll never be as good and as kind and as wise as you conceive you should be. But and so that's not. It's not. It's through understanding the nature, like ideals or creations. Because you know, we can create these ideals, and always the best the very best, like democracy where everybody's equal and everything's fair and pure justice and and kindness and compassion reign and uh, and there's no rich or poor I mean imagine, <laughs> can create the ideal like of, of communism, you know, where everything is, is equal but in terms of the reality of Sankaras is Sankaras there's nothing equal on that level. It's all different and changing. You know, so you're you know, just there's nothing no condition exactly the same as another. And because they're always in this process of change. And so uh, and then the what arises ceases. So then the you know, you begin to awaken to the reality of condition phenomena which is the body 
your own body, your thoughts, memories, emotions, senses, sensory experiences, everything, you know, everything, like the trees, the new sala is eventually going to deteriorate. <laughs> I'm sorry to <laughs> Like the one you ripped down there. <laughs> that I built <laughs> 30, 35 years ago. <laughs> But uh, that's the way it is, you know, the conditioned phenomena has that, you know, the, that's its nature. And, and so, that which is aware of conditioned phenomena is unconditioned. You know, a conditioned cannot know another condition. So the very, the reality of this moment is this knowing, awareness, uh, the breath is like this, that which is aware of the breath, inhaling, like exhaling, is is pure conscious awareness. And then we say, you know, then we be complicated by saying, my breath, and things like that. But before that arises, before the me and mine, is the, the inhaling is like this, so there's an awareness of the breath. The breath can't see itself. You know, your in, in exhalation can't notice itself or or say anything about an inhalation. But there's a knowing uh, and the posture, the body, and then this knowing awareness, kind of sati sampatanya, sati panya, awareness like the four foundations of mindfulness: the body, the the feeling the states of mind in Dhamma, you know, Tamanus Pasana Satipatthana is uh, knowing Dhamma. Things, instead of seeing things in terms of conventional reality or conventional terms, you're seeing, you're knowing Dhamma, the reality, the, 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 the universal re- reality of this moment. Which is, you know, when you try to conceive it, it's impossible, but it's, it's quite, you know, it seems impossible, really, from the thinking mind and from the ego level. So, so that's where we, we start of starting with avicca, we start with just trusting this awareness, it's like this. And so when I do this, then there's a sense of just attentiveness. It's not focused on any particular object at the moment. It's just a, a, a kind of wide open attention to the present is like this. And, uh, and of course, the conditioning is to always focus on something, to have look at this, or you know, what should I do next? Should I do Anapanasati, or should I practice Metta, or should I... <laughs> you know, so we have different ideas of what we should do, but this is where it takes much more kind of this sense of trusting yourself more to have this sense of awareness is just this, and and then the self arises in it. What should I do next? Should I practice metta or anapanasati is like this. You know, so you're 
you're beginning to feel more at ease with just being awareness itself rather than trying to become someone who's trying to become aware. It's quite subtle, but it, it's very simple, and, and so that, that's why it's overlooked, you know, because the, you know, in, in England, for example, people talk about the real world, and, you know, many times I've been accused of not living in the real world. People tend to think that in a monastery we aren't living in the real world. We live in a illusory world or an ivory tower or something. People have never lived there, of course. <laughs> and then, because the real world of most people is just the, you know, the the material world and family and and all the identities and and ignorance and biases that operate through individuals. So, and then in the Buddhist teaching, the whole emphasis of being value of being a samana, a monastic, is that. It is a vehicle, a kind of skillful means, expedient means, to 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 uh, encourage awakened attention to reality, to the present. So, so you know, this is what the value of this form is that it it is a it is a vehicle to live in as a human individual with our individual karmic tendencies are vipaka kama that's all different from one to the next but but the um, and the vinaya is the way we agree you know how we're going to live together so it's not up for kind of grabs you know we have to all agree to live within this structure these limitations that makes it possible to live together to be able to Awaken to reality, you know. So we're harmless. We're put in this, in this, uh, you know, the harmlessness of this form and uh, celibacy. We're not, you know, we're we're, we're not encouraged to seek uh, uh, or develop sexual tendencies or anything like this. So, so there's this kind of safety net of of uh, that we agree to voluntarily to live within. Uh, this conventional form, traditional form, and then the form itself is a convention. So it's for you know to help to encourage this awakened attention and live in a way that is in in the on the planet in the society that is not harmful or exploitive or or rejecting the society like. Uh, you know, going on Bindabat, Bungwai, uh, uh, and various villages, you know, you, you're connected, you're always connected to the lay community uh, uh, through necessity, through survival. And uh, so that's quite significant that we're not determined, you know, leave me alone and don't bother me, to where we, our relationship with the uh, Villagers with the with the people, the lay people is 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 a necessity. But our relationship then is not personal anymore, but through our you know through our cultivation of the path, because that's why 
we're worthy of that generosity because of the intention and determination to cultivate this and then of course that benefits you and and the society you can see how you know how a skillful effect a good monastery has on the villages and towns around it so I'll stop now <laughs>